The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast with Greg Smith and Jay Foreman. Oh, yeah. Tell it to me straight up. Hello and welcome in to the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith. You're finally remembered to get gas on the way in here. Alicia Keys <laughs> listening to, friend. I am Jay Foreman, your New York Jets ultimate <laughs> hater for a multitude of reasons, as we'll find out later. Uh, but Alicia Keys will, will do that to you, man. Something, you know, she... Uh, yeah. It's that voice, man. Listen, I don't know what kind of what kind of tone that will set for the podcast, but it'll do something because I was yeah. I was jamming to some Alicia Keys right. on the way. Were in you here. singing though? Oh yeah, oh, you, okay. to, you don't know my name. You got to kind of get into yeah. that. You can't you can't just let that ride through. But sometimes I'm. It's weird in the car. Like I I have no idea what I'm going to listen to when I'm going to get in there, um, and then I just put on a shuffle. And then right. sometimes when you're in the car, you just hear a song by one person, and you're like, oh, okay, I got to just listen to this person the rest of the time. So I spent the majority of the drive here. Uh, jamming to Alicia Keys, so we'll see what kind of uh, results that produces. I'm right. kind of chill though right now. Like I think it kind of puts you in a chill, relaxed vibe. Oh, the, so the wind and the, the wind at Purdue didn't put you at ease. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It seems like Husker Nation is at ease. It does right seem now. like they're at right. ease. I feel like this is the first time maybe that we've come in here uh, with Sasha, who's producing us again today, and she did not say, "Let's just avoid the game." So right. that, that happens. So so that's always good. Did it put you at ease, Jay? Were you at I ease? I mean, I felt. I mean, it, it. Well, you definitely are at ease when Purdue spots you fourteen points. I'm like, hey, look, it, you got to try hard to lose this game. Yeah, that was. It's one of those things so too that where put me at ease. And you then, sitting there and you like, oh, this is kind of what Nebraska usually does to other teams. Unfortunately, right, yeah. like that's just kind of how it goes. It was weird to be on the other side of to see Nebraska be on the other side of that. For yeah, us. and. uh it, you know, it was like, hey, you, you're, you're like, am I really watching the Nebraska-Purdue game? Because Purdue pretty much, you know, it came back the last two years to beat Nebraska. So right. uh, I wouldn't say at ease. I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy for the, you know, for the program and the team to get a W because, uh, you know, as much as, like, you know, we look at Wisconsin and, and, you know, obviously Ohio State is the, you know, the top dog in the conference. Um, you, you know, we until we can handle – <laughs> the Purdue's, the Illinois, I'll even throw the Maryland and Rutgers. I've watched so I, – I can't believe how many Rutgers, game, Rutgers and Maryland's games I've It does watched. feel like I've seen way too much of them this year. But there, like, but I don't there, know but why it feels but, like that. Yeah, but it's like, all right, let me let me watch one game. Okay, that, you know what? That was a good game. They look like a pretty good football team. No, that was just a joke, right? <laughs> right. I'm three weeks into watching Rutgers. Okay, so now you got, a, you got a good handle on what's right, happening I'm with like, Rutgers you know what? and Greg I see, I know I right see exactly what they're doing. So Nebraska has to handle those. And then once we hand, start to handle those on a consistent basis, I think then we'll kind of be able to, I guess, leapfrog into beating the Iowas and Wisconsin. So I'm happy for them. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, I'm definitely not at ease because it's, you know, it wasn't perfect. I mean, let's, I mean, oh, yeah, Purdue, still Purdue plenty, plenty tried to come back to, like Return of the Jedi on us, yeah. you know. But I will say, you know, from the performance against Iowa, you know, to back it up and then get a win, you know, after mm-hmm. the letdown of losing a, a – you know, they, Nebraska probably got on. I don't know if the bus or the plane against from Iowa. 
It was. Like, it had to think that we lost that game. Absolutely. Yeah, so they should have. <laughs> that's a, that's harder to deal with when you beat yourself versus you know if you go out and play Ohio State and you just got the breaks. Right. Be like, hey, look, we got a lot of work. Yeah, to like do, right? yeah, we got to go. Right. We got to go do some stuff. So then to come back and 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 put the work in and, and uh, go out there and, and win is a, a good deal. And also, look, it's two back to back weeks that you've had um, consistent and winning uh, quarterback play from Adrian, mm-hmm. and so that's good. That's something that he hasn't done for quite some time. Especially right. with these, this type of pressure, you know, he's got to go to – he's going to practice. Like, his first year, he kind of already knew, like, they just gave everything to him, even the second year. This is where every day he's not essentially competing. I think he's separated himself now. I mean, let's, let's face I, it. I now, would okay? totally agree with that. Like, I just, think that there's no more, there's like, no more Luke controversy. Con- like, yeah. you might try to sprinkle Luke in, but you'll even get, like, you saw you this week. Back. Well, you're right, where, okay, Adrian Why? was playing very well, and Scott said after the game that they had a plan to go to Luke and rotate him in, but Adrian was playing well right. enough to where they just kind of put right. that on and the back burner, which is good. I right. think it's also a, a different encouraging sign that they went, Continue to stay what with, with what was what's working. hot, yeah. yeah. And people will ask you why now. What what are you? What why are you playing Luke? Right, right. Yeah, and, you and would so, get that yeah. question more. And yeah. So that's good, and I think it correlates to the team. And I think you know, like I was going to say, is Adrian is going to practice every day, knowing that he has to truly compete, and that's a totally different mindset. Yep. Every every athlete should be in that position, um, and so I, I think it. You know, they did well. I think they did some. Good things. I think they did a really good job on defense at doing some things. Um, anytime a team passes for or passes the ball fifty times, they're gonna. I mean, in this they're day and age, they're, they're going to get yeah. yards. So, you know, don't look. Oh well, they. You know, sometimes like I was against Penn State, they had ninety-one plays. All we gave up five hundred yards. They almost ran a hundred plays. Right, that's a that's lot. That's five of yards of play. I mean, yeah. it's not that hard to get in this day in in college football. So, I think the defense did some good things. The pass rush was there. Pass uh, breakups were there. Tackles for losses were there. Um, I thought going into this game that Purdue's offense, now granted, their, their special teams didn't allow their offense to play offense. But that was what you knew that coming in. Their special yeah, teams was as bad, if not worse, they, than they Nebraska's worse coming than Nebraska. in. They were that's worse hard, coming in. That's hard to do. go into a game yeah, and say Nebraska is, is here, yeah. significantly better on yeah. special teams. Purdue has been consistently bad in yeah. special teams. But what that – bad special teams has done it or what it did was it allowed it didn't allow Purdue to really play offense so I thought coming into this game Purdue's offense was better and would give us more problems than I was because they had two they got two NFL receivers they got two capable tight ends they got two really in my opinion two really good running backs that are totally different you got big Horvath that's kind of Mike Allstott Jr. but he but he actually can throwback man right but look he he's he's faster than everybody thinks he's He's not athletic because I got a he, little wiggle to him. He's six three, two hundred and forty some pound white guy. But mm-hmm. let me tell you something. He he can he can break tackles. He can you know he can pass block. He can run in between the tackles. He can run outside. He can catch the ball. And, and you saw all of that actually right. a little burst, burst in that game. In the, in the yeah. first couple series. Especially yeah, then, early. Yeah, and he's super athletic. Then twenty two they're running back is kinda like a little bit of uh a bootleg version of what the LSU running back was last year, where he's kind of a little okay. bit squattier. But yeah. he hurt us last year, right. you know. So I thought, you know, that they're in, but their offensive line isn't as good as usual, and their quarterback play, even you know, it doesn't matter. They're just generally Brom can get them to be serviceable. Right. So, um, but when you get, you're down fourteen or when you're up fourteen nothing, I think the defense played well. Uh, you saw some consistent pressure. It was Ben Stilley, um, you know. 
Our guy Garrett Nelson got in there for a second and a half. He did. Yeah, he played for very whatever good game. Re- one of his better games ever. I think as as a as Husker, Husker so far. And actually, it's funny we talked about it briefly yesterday. You and I um, off pot, obviously. That I actually thought his play improved because they used him a little bit differently with lining him up with his hand in the dirt out right. wide, um, and he could use different technique that way versus having him stand up on the outside three four, a true outside linebacker. Right. Like I think a, a couple of little tweaks here and right, there right, right. really freed him up a little bit which I'm glad to see that for him because now he has that to show to coach to say hey if we continue to do this, do this. I then do I can keep stuff. doing some stuff yeah. for us and now I found a role on the team to be exactly. able to help so that that's a really good sign the thing is is like playing the three four this is what people don't understand playing outside linebacker in three four th- th- those guys are unicorns the Von Millers <laughs> the Joey Porters the Kevin Greens right. um you know the Greg Lloyds the Lawrence Taylors like these guys aren't like on your top 300 list. If there's one in a class, that's great. If there's right. one Von Miller in a what you know 24 or whatever it is, yeah. that's great. So there's however many colleges out there running three four. <laughs> right. So it's hard to do, and it's hard for some guys to learn how to play on their feet, and then do everything you need to do for an outside linebacker, let alone pass rush. It's easier to do with your hand in the dirt. Maybe they stumbled into it, something they saw in practice. Yeah, because they also did it last week. They right. did it in an yeah. Iowa game as well with and a couple did a of lot guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he he can actually probably use more of his functional strength that way because mm-hmm. uh, he's a big old strong kid. So the bull rush is obviously the first mm-hmm. rush that everybody should learn. And then you're able to run some games with him, which is like a TE stunt, ET stunt, or some slants where he shoots into the gap because he's strong enough to get there and he's and he's and he's quick enough too. So I was really happy for him to do some, you know, positive things. And, you know, he's these last three weeks, take away the Illinois well, he played decent against Illinois, but nobody you can't really say yeah, anybody played good. Not very many people play well against But for him, he's he's starting to <clears throat> I think finally be comfortable, but then also starting to find a role, but then he's starting to be effective. Right. right? Um and then, you know, Caleb Tanner this year, even though the stats haven't shown it, he hasn't busted as many plays at the point of attack like right. he did last and year. And I've seen some really – even the Iowa game, I yes. thought he had a couple of really nice plays where he didn't get credit for the tackle or anything. Right. Um, but he either forced a guy inside or outside or really filled the gap um, to affect the offense. And I think he did it again this, this game. It's funny. Thing. I would be really curious to hear, like, what the coaches say to Caleb Tanner because it's one of those things where, like, you may see that as a fan and think, oh, man, he, he only had, like, two tackles, two tackles in those games. Right. So maybe, you know, where is he? Why is he not playing that well? But I would – bet you anything that Mike Dawson and Shenan and those guys are patting him on the head, patting him on the back, saying, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing out there for us. And that's what, and that keeps your guy encouraged and keeps him doing that because he's doing those little things that past defenses here just Just weren't really doing, doing, right? right. And those are the difference between making those runs, for example, like a three-yard run or a two-yard run versus a guy creasing you and hitting you for 10 or 12 and making that safety come up and have to make that play. It's those little things. Was that the, was that the, title of the podcast last week or two weeks ago about the little things. Yeah, <laughs> Those the are the things, things that add yeah, up. Add up. For this Dude, and, and, and you got to play team defense before you can have a bell cow. So they're starting to see, it seems like there's some, some guys are starting to turn the corner mm-hmm. and you know, I, it seems like every year with Nebraska, especially with the offense, right? There's like the last four games of the season or the first year it was the last, like, Whenever they did, they stumbled upon Divine. So it was probably like just say like the last eight, right? Because right. he didn't really play the first four. 
So the, like the last six games of the season, the first year the offense started rolling. Right. right? They're like, all right, we started to figure it out. Last year was like the last four because that was Diedrich, right? Mm-hmm. I just say last four. Now it's like, okay, we got two games left. So, like, let's just say the last four of these games, you're starting to see some guys really turn the corner. So that's a good thing. Uh, it's frustrating because, ideally, that corner should be turned and we're going down the straightaway. Yeah, you hit the game running right. to start we, we the season. we got to hit the lines. <laughs> right. It's like we ease into it. So, um, you know, it, 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 the better that ta- Caleb Tanner plays, Garrett Nelson – to go along with JoJo Doman um, and Payne, you know, let's not forget him. Yep, um, a nice role too. Yeah. That is better for the defense and better for the team. Um, so I think that, you know, defensively, you know, they, they have can hang their hat on the last two performances, right? Two different offenses, two yeah, good performances, two, styles, two yeah. solid performances um, and better. And, uh, you know, one thing I will say, you know, Cam Taylor Britt, he made that phenomenal play. Yep. Uh, when it was crunch time, yeah, and, definitely. And, uh, so it's 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 pointing in the right direction. Is it is it a finished product? No way. No. Um, can everybody do better and do do more? Yeah, because yep. it needs to be done. Because there's still some stuff that you'd like to see, you know, improve on. So, um, and then you know, I always, you know, like, as soon as the game was over, everybody was excited for Nebraska to win for about like 15 minutes, right? <laughs> and then it was like, oh, well, they only beat Purdue. Well, they could lose to Purdue. They could have, and Purdue came in with a better record than Nebraska. Yeah, and, like, and, I don't and, like and whatever. Purdue played Purdue better, would, better, and better honestly, they they were like people say this in, in football all the time. But Purdue was better than their record because remember they got yeah. screwed in that one game the against, against the Minnesota game with the phantom pass interference. Right. None of their games, none of Purdue's games coming into this one against Nebraska had been decided by more than seven points. Right, they were playing in a lot of close football yeah, games, finding ways to lose, and they played Northwestern tough. Yeah. So like. Yes, they were two and four, but that team was better than that record, and maybe with with some more opt outs and that sort of thing. Like the yeah. mindset wasn't there. And that listen, week, yeah. Nebraska has seen that on their end oh, as yeah. well. Um, but like you said, they could have easily have just lost that game to Purdue. And sure. I think in years past, you would have seen that, right? right. Um, and so that's a, like <laughs> getting a win is a win at this point, especially when you start to think of it in like steps of how Nebraska is going along here. Is I think that there are things to take away. From going back to the Penn State game, we still have to throw out Illinois, even though that was still in it in the end an important lesson to learn because mm-hmm. and I hopefully that's what the team takes into this week that you cannot relax in this league um because with Minnesota coming to town, like regardless of their kind of situation. That's the team that put it on you last year. Embarrassed you. Right. So Minnesota, in a lot of ways, should be looking at Nebraska and saying, we can get right against them. Right. Like, we can just do, why and can't we, we do the same thing we did to them last year? Right. And they're saying that they're going to do the best games for the crossover games, and they, we got we to gotta beat up on Nebraska before we play Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. So and so that'll be – and so the motivation factor should definitely be there, and Nebraska should be able to see that – if we continue to put the work in and we continue to yeah. hammer those details, you see how we're progressing. It right. can keep going that way. But it's funny because you led me so, to something perfect earlier when you were saying that, you know, there's guys that are kind of turning the corner, right? Yeah. And we were talking about the offense. And kind of every week we kind of go through coach speak. Coach speak to real talk. Okay, we tell you a quote <laughs> that somebody said, and then we tell you what they really meant. And I want to go to the offense because I want to go to Wondell Robinson, somebody who has been progressing throughout these last couple of weeks, and you wished that it was somebody that they figured out how to get the ball to on a consistent basis from game one, but they haven't for whatever reason. 
season. He said after this game against Purdue, in which he kind of tore Purdue up, didn't score, but had a really nice game, on if he thinks the coaches told the quarterbacks to look for him more. He said, quote, I mean, probably. <laughs> there are a couple of times that it's like, if there's nothing there, just dump it down to me and let me get what I can get. But at the end of the day, our quarterbacks have to stay true to their reads and do what they're supposed to do. What did he really mean by that? He, he, he that was, a, if there's a Nebraska version of uh, Keyshawn Johnson, just throw me the damn ball. <laughs> that's it. That's the, that's yeah, the Wondell that, Robinson. Like, Look, that was the very nice version. The very of that. nice version <laughs> said, finally, he, he really, what he's really saying is finally, they are, they are just letting me, give me the ball. And we've talked about this, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might stop him. If, if, we got, if he got 10 touch or 10 catches, f- the first four, you might stop him only a couple yards after carry. But he's a good, or after catch, he's a good enough player that he's going to make something happen, and then he's going to break a tackle. You're going to overrun him. Boom, he hits you with the explosive play. Right. And he, he hits you with one really big one in that game and actually got called back for penalty on right. that weird drive. Um and so that was – I mean, he had his opportunity right there. Right. So he's – he's it, what he means is just give him – get. he needs to be that guy. And and, and uh, he needs to be featured in different aspects of the offense. And short passing game, crossing passing game. Um, he You know, for a little guy, he catches the ball really, really good in traffic because mm-hmm. um, he's an explosive athlete. I mean, obviously you look at him, he, he can get up off the ground pretty good, and he has really good solid hands. So again, I mean, what he means is just give me the ball. He but had that do your one. thing, do what you need to do. But when that ain't open, I'm open. Right, I'm I'm always he open. Said, <laughs> he, he might not be Wandell. He's seven eleven, right? He always he's <laughs> That's always open. Right, but it's funny because the one I think about that go route um, up the well for us the left side uh, where Betts was in the same area and Wandell got the pass yeah. interference. He had that guy cooked. Yeah. Um, even with the pass interference, if that ball was thrown out further and just let him run under it, he might have got that and gone to the house. Um, but I'm with you. Like it basically, he is saying just give me the ball. Um, and I think the Nebraska. Nebraska has done a much, much better job, especially these last two games, of figuring out how to utilize all of his skill sets. Um, I think in this particular game, it helped having Dedrick Mills back um, so that you have a reliable running back that even if Mills did not have a huge statistical day, he makes the defense have to pay attention to him because they know that he can hurt them um, because he's going to see the creases because his vision has improved over his time in Nebraska in this offense as well, so they don't have to stick him back there at running back. Um, They've done a a much, much better job (laughs) of getting Wandale and involved which I think helps the entire offense like I don't think there's any real like coincidence that the offense has been better as they continue to find good ways to get him the football because it loosens things up for everybody let's break that down yeah you get you get a lot of guys out there that are making plays so you know you got the Austin Allens um who have been to me the biggest surprise like I don't want to say that he I like I did not think he was bad um, by any means, but he's been the biggest surprise. One of my picks are like most improved Husker of right. this year. Like he's had a really nice season, and he's been most consistent. And then when you hear, I think Lubick say that those are the same things he's been doing. You know, Monday through Thursday, that's what you want. And he's a, he was a good athlete. I mean, he's, he's yeah, a basketball player, basketball player. Um, you know, good height, and he's starting to really come along and starting to be not just a nice like season. He's starting to be a factor. Right, yeah, like somebody that now so, you you got to pay attention to as an opposing defense, right? Yeah. Just yeah. say, oh yeah, he caught a couple passes. No, this is, this is a dude that can hurt you. But really, what makes I always said this, and I know the quarterback gets way too much credit and way too much blame in any college, any system. But what makes this offense go, or will make this offense go, mm. is a consistent running game. Yep, and just having Dedrick Mills back there 
pay dividends regardless of how many yards he, he got because he ran some he got some tough yards. So what people don't understand, they're always like, oh, we need a you know running back and he has to have you know, 15 carries for 120 yards. Yes, you'd like that, of course. Well, yeah, you would always of course, like right? that. Yeah. But what you want is the guy that's always going to get positive yards, hit the same creases, make a couple yards after contact, keep the defense honest, and keep yep. you even with the chains or ahead of the chains. Right. So when if you run on first and down. And their offense is so much, so much better, better when they keep it but that way. <laughs> here's also, he's our best pass blocker. Mm-hmm. So when you think that when Wandell was not only playing running back, he was in there for pass protection – so now you're eliminating eliminating him in two roles, right? right. So he's not going to run the ball. Now he's going to be taking on a linebacker or right. a defensive end or a blitzing safety. So he's eliminated anyway. So when you have somebody that can do that, right, yep. and he can – Deidre Mills actually can catch the ball better than he physically looks. You know, you yeah. big old kid, he can catch the ball better. Wandell can get those matchups against linebackers, against safeties, or the third corner. And then that opens up ideally for bets, right? Yeah. Which is you started to see a little bit more, that and, and that's yeah. a great thing for bets for a kid that, um, you know, obviously you know had to get right academically, but he continued to work at that, which you got to give him kudos for because it's something when you have a kid that's focused and wants to do it during COVID, right? Yeah, so you just yeah. still <laughs> to pass it, get through, work his tail off all off season, come in and take advantage of his opportunities, and he should be probably getting more. And now he's starting to. He's taking advantage of those opportunities. He's getting rewarded where Reward. it's not a, a ton of targets. And I'm right. with you 100%. He should get more targets. But what he, he's gotten enough, though, to where he says, okay, that's reinforcement. That's positive right. reinforcement to say, I, I'm doing the right stuff here. Right. I can continue on this path and I can be as good as, like, because I think it was maybe three weeks ago now, Wandale actually spoke about this, about how he tells Xavier Betts that you can be as good as you want to be. You right. keep putting this work in. We right. see what you can do athletically. You keep putting the work in. You're going to be a great player here so now when you have a peer that's as good yeah. as Wandale is telling you that your coaches are obviously telling him that and now he's getting a little bit rewarded as a true freshman right. like that can be a really good sign for his future if he continues on the path that he's on right yeah because he's he looks different than everybody that's out there yeah, yeah this yeah, and yeah, I told yeah, I yeah, joke with did, you did. that it looks like to me I watched him a lot at Bellevue West in high school it looks a lot like that still in college yeah. where you just drop him out there and he just looks athletically I mean, when he, different than when people he breaks the huddle there. He just has that that gallop or that look, and uh, I'm happy for him. And he's gonna. And, and look, if if you can continue, these next two weeks are crucial. Yep. And let's just look. As we look down, let's just assume they're gonna play Minnesota. It's a, this is the this is a huge game, right? Because if you beat Minnesota, and you should beat Minnesota, right? I know Minnesota thinks that they have the you know the mental edge, and they embarrassed Nebraska last year, and they got they got. Nebraska's kryptonite on, on offense for their versus Nebraska's defense. Um, you know, you beat Minnesota and then you go in that crossover game. You win that one. It's a it's it's a totally it's a t- different mindset going into the off season. Yep. But you can't get to the crossover game. That's essentially is like a bowl game. Mm-hmm. It's like an inter. It's like a, a jamboree. You're playing for whatever <laughs> right. play you know in basketball. If you don't handle your business right here, right, and this isn't the trap game, this is, and these are the games that I wouldn't say worries me, but these are the games that really, really had would have me intense as a coach. I'll probably be even more jacked up this week because 
this is a winnable game. This is a game you should win. You could win. You you have all the advantages. You know, granted, yeah, you're you're playing at home, even though there's nobody here, but you're still playing at home. Right. Okay. You're playing a team that hasn't played a football game in two weeks, so they're just off. And to be honest, like if you just look at it from a football perspective, you want people to be healthy, but they're gonna be missing guys. They're like gonna be because missing. of because was it? I'm gonna mess up the number I wish I had pulled up in front of me. The 44, 45 play, people total, total in the athletic department. 21, 21 athletes. But then they lost their best player, Bateman, to going to the NFL. Wow, it's been he, so long since I've seen him play. I yeah. actually forgot that he that did, happened, he that he had out. opted out He again. opted out <laughs> yeah. when they first shut down because of yeah. COVID. So he's their best player. But they have other guys, right? So Yeah, and so uh, and the thing is, but see, now I know you're going with, like, why this worries you, though, right. is because – and as you were even saying that, it, I kind of cringed a little bit. When you start to think of, oh, they're missing this guy yeah. or they're missing that guy, you think automatically, oh, Nebraska's going to relax. Right. This is a good test to show See, you how maturity. far they've come yep. maturity-wise. And that's actually – it's funny because the things that I was watching for with this game against Purdue are some of the same things yeah. that I'll be watching for in that Minnesota, Minnesota game. And they actually have nothing to do with, with, the, the, with the opponent right. or with kind of the X's and O's. I think Nebraska, and I've said this before here, I've said it other places, I'm going to keep saying it. Nebraska has enough talent to win football games and to compete in the Big Ten West right now. Oh, yeah. No, without a doubt. The reason that they're not doing that, it has nothing to do with how much talent they have. It is a mental thing with Nebraska. And it starts with two big things, confidence and effort. Right. Preparation is in there too, right. and that's in that, I put that in the effort all, category all, you, because to me together. it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, and if Nebraska comes out this week during this this week of practice and prepares the way that they did for Iowa, the way that they just did for, for Purdue, Purdue, then they'll be fine. Right. It's nothing to do with, with the opponent at this point. Now, uh, when you play Ohio State, that's different. That's you different. Gotta be, you got to play. But your really, as game. we've said here before, like we take take Ohio State. Put them on a little shelf over there. Like, they're on a different level than the right. rest of the teams in the league. Everybody else is together, and you see that based on the fact that, what is it, 10 teams in the league have, have two, two, wins. Con- two wins, right? Yeah, it's just Ohio State, Everybody else is the same. and Indiana. Yeah, and even then, you could have beat Northwestern. And that's the way that the – when we talked, you said earlier about if Nebraska can win against Minnesota and then win a crossover game. Then all of a sudden, when you go into the offseason, it's, oh, man, we really should have beat Northwestern and Iowa, right? right? And you can actually say that with some with, belief with, and say, okay, factual, if we, yeah, like we clean backup. this up, yeah, then factual. we can go ahead and get this done. And that gives you, coming back to my word, confidence, confidence. going into the offseason. It is not a reason for you to let up during the offseason. It's, it's another reason for you to go even harder. Right. Um, but that confidence and effort, I think, is where it starts for this Nebraska football team. Um because if they get that, then I think that they can do a lot better than what they've been doing. But that consistency obviously has been all over the map, uh, and you see it even with throughout this season. Right, and I, something just came in my mind right here. There's, I guess there's two different types of confidence, and everybody's a chicken and the egg, and you know I don't even know, even know if there's a right answer for that. Right, right? what came first? Right, there's confidence where you're just talking, right. Mm-hmm. Blowing smoke, just like we call it selling wolf tickets, right? You know, <laughs> when you're just talking versus tangible confidence, right? right? And what I mean by tangible confidence is saying this is where we got our confidence in because we did A, B, C, D, or whatever. You know, right. you could be just A and B. This is why we're confident. Right. This is because confidence is something I can show you that you've done and, and get you to believe in versus, hey, you know, we're good. 
Yeah, like yeah. we could do this versus we've done it. We so could. Nebraska, we, we, we could, so Nebraska's we could be run Indiana defense. Next year. Right. Yeah, Nebraska's rush defense and how they have some tangible examples right. now to show versus before coming into this game, you we're going to be a good secondary, right? right? Like those are the two right. things. Now they showed it this week. We finally saw, I think, the secondary we thought we were going to see coming in. Right, and and, and last week too against Iowa for the most yeah they period. did it. They did a better job, right? Man. But this was their best game yeah. all as a unit, everybody as a unit. So. That, that they should have more tangible confidence, but you can't if the way you can't lay an egg and take everything that you built built away. Right, and it's it really comes down to going to practice with the intent of not just going to practice, going to practice to get better and play your best at practice. Right, and there's a and there's a big difference. But if you don't go to enough practices, or if you're not been there enough, or you haven't watched enough football, you can't tell the difference. Right there's some guys, and I and this is in the past, and I swear this was always. I remember talking to players that play for Bo Pelini. Mm-hmm. Right, they would play and they would get, lose to you know they get blown out by say Ohio State or Iowa, right, or whatever you know whatever teams that they Wisconsin probably Wisconsin. For them, they were yeah, with, and, they, they, and they would say, well, I graded out at eighty five percent. How could you grade out at eighty five percent? And Melvin Gordon is still running up and down, <laughs> running, still running people, up and down the field. It's funny on like, Sundays people me? see Melvin Gordon, and they still kind of get a little anxious right. when they. I see saw, that. I watched him last night. I was like, damn, that's the dude that just. Well, he had the national record for a week, and then the dude from Oklahoma took right. it away from him. But he only played three quarters. So there's asterisks by the dude from Oklahoma. Right. He, you know, Melvin Gordon did it. So that's the whole point where the, that let me know that they're just going to practice to do what they have to do in order to be the first guy out there when they call it, yep. call the team, versus coming to practice, getting better, and going to the point of, like, really in tune to practice and practicing like you would play the game. Mm-hmm. Because – that's shown me in this last couple of weeks they've been practicing more like they were taking a more game-like approach, right? Yeah. I'm sure the effort was there, the preparation was there, the communication was there, the anxiety is there, the good anxiety, and the and the peer pressure is there, right? So right, because you're starting to grow. Like you can tell in the way that the guys are now talking post-game that you, that you're getting an increased amount of guys on the team that are vocally and like outwardly upset and tired of being in the situation that they've sure. been in. And sometimes that manifests itself in different ways. And I think right now what it feels like with this team is it's, it's making guys hold each other accountable for the effort that they're giving Monday through Friday. Like something has happened where it used to be like, especially earlier in Frost's tenure here, um, where he would come out and say, oh, we weren't that good in practice. We were flat, yada, yada. And then now – you hear more players talking about right. whether or not how they did in practice the last two weeks. You've heard them, you've heard guys being very positive about that, but something, you know what I mean? Like yeah, something has changed change. with the way the players approach that, which is exactly what you have right, to, to get do. to because there's only so long that like Barrett rude can be yelling at like just Luke Reimer or somebody. Right. Not to say that, that was the case right. to say, you need to come out and give better effort. The real change happens when Will Honus goes to Luke Reimer right. and tells hey, man, him we that. Gotta, right? You gotta pick it up. Right. And, uh, and that's the, the best Peer, the best peer pressure is the one, the positive one, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're holding each other accountable and you don't want to let each other down. That's the best peer pressure. That's the best team concept. When people always ask, like, why were we good in the '90s? Why is Alabama good? I guarantee you, the best thing, the best. Thing, Nick Saban's doing one thing and one thing. Majority of his time is is he's up there. He's coaching. Right. Their coaching staff is coaching. That's what they're doing because they know in that locker room everything is handled. Because when they when these guys leave the locker room and go to the practice field and obviously on the game, it's already set on what type of effort they're going to give. And we already we saw it come to fruition though, 
right? The Illinois game, yeah. and 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 everybody had some. And I always look the best quote, and and I always say, man, people, I I didn't realize how smooth Nick Saban was when he came <laughs> when he came to my house. My dad loved Nick Saban. Yeah. I loved him too. My dad was like, brother, you ain't going to East Lansing, okay? Because I want you to come <laughs> home, okay? Right. Gangster up at East Lansing. But the, one of the best quotes I ever heard him say or seen him or, you know, read, he's like, the pain of discipline has to be worth not having the pain of disappointment. Right. And the pain of disappointment is one of the worst things ever. So I think the pain of disappointment after that Illinois game and some of the embarrassment, how they got – I mean, that was probably the lowest of the low, Right. Um, really probably clicked it for guys. And then I think it immediately turned um, because at the end of the day, there's only so much you want, you want your guys on your team, whether it's your captains or your, you know, your player of the game or, you know, the odd interview or whatever, mm-hmm. you want these guys relaying the message because when you have a, the coach doing it so much, it gets lost and it gets watered down. Yep. Right. Because, Luke Reimer's message that actually came from the coach is different than, say, um, you know, Cam Taylor Britt or, you know, one of the, you know, Ty Robinson. It's all saying the same thing, but you know it's resonating differently in each position group, right? And same with on offense, right? So Adrian, what he's thinking or what he's saying, Wando Robinson, X, Y, and Z. So you want them all going that same way. If you got coaches out there speaking for you, Right, it's like when you if you're getting in the scrap back at school and you're like, hey man, I gotta go get my big brother. You gotta handle <laughs> right. your business. You know, well, you what gotta I'm do saying? it yourself. Yeah, you gotta sooner or later. You know, when you, you know you, you, you can't come home until you handle your business. So it's it's good that these guys are starting to grow up. Hopefully, they handle their business, which they should. Um, they shouldn't be thinking this is a pressure packed game. They should the pressure should be on them just to do what you need to do. Continue to do what you've been doing, and then do more. And do more because because yeah. if there was one. Bad thing this week. It was too many penalties. You know, the game was chippy. Yeah, know? we got it. Yeah, it was chippy. I don't mind. I don't mind. The chippy, I actually, yeah, I would say I actually like that from Nebraska and right. in the way that you like that on that right. late hit that they had against Iowa, Iowa to set right. the tone, the tone setter you called yeah. it. Um, I don't mind Nebraska playing chippy because what have, well, you and I talked about this a lot with Nebraska, like with them playing physical. And when you watch other teams, you yeah. watch Indiana, um, you watch Iowa, whoever, yeah. like they just play a physical brand of football. And, right. and, and while you want it to be under control, you sometimes also want to – sometimes yeah. you got to get a look yeah, at like you, So you, it's okay. So Like, like when Williams – see, when Williams hit the guy out of bounds, that was just the play from the play before. Yeah, that I was liked, to do with that. Yeah. Right, but I liked how he didn't even make eye contact. He just let you know – like I said, I'm it's, here. It, it's like that. Yeah, yeah it's I'm like here. that and I'm right. here. So Though I did a, not like Caleb Tanner getting the penalty for trash talking. No. Like I wasn't, I wasn't no, with no, that no. Um, at all. But it's funny too because you mentioned like guys talking – like speaking the same language. Like it sounds like the coaches and the players are saying some of the same things. And you could see that in the post game this past game um is some of the things that adrian said in post game wandale also said so you know that they're on the same page that uh levi falk i think talked after the game and he said some of those things too about the passing game in particular the defensive guys that talked i think it was ben stilly and cam taylor Britt. they said some of the similar things so that to me shows that guys are guys in the coaching staff are on the same, same page, page right and that message is starting to resonate and it was funny because it happened a couple weeks ago um Oh, it was uh, Casey Rogers. Right. <laughs> Casey Rogers talked on a Monday, and I kept noticing how many different Tony Tuioti-isms, I called them, that he was dropping, right? <laughs> he was he said about five different things that yeah. Tony Tuioti normally says. And I was like, 
oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the message is actually sinking in. And Casey is a guy that both of us are really high on, and he's having a good season too. Right. Um, so that, that is a great sign. But one more thing I want to definitely mention, because I was talking about the things that are not necessarily to do with X's and O's that I noticed. Did you notice that during this game, there was a lot more, the word for this, a lot more joy on the sidelines. Yeah. Post-game as well. You saw it after, I think it was it was either the first or second touchdown. Adrian comes to the sideline, right. gets a big hug everybody Scott was Frost, there. and everybody is coming yeah. around. You see it uh, post-game. You see Adrian and Scott Frost embracing. You see DiCaprio Boodle doing. Now that's, this was my favorite one. DiCaprio Boodle coming up during Scott Frost's interview. He puts his arm around Frost. He kind of makes a joke, I'm not going to say anything. And then Frost goes into immediately about how he loves this team. All right. That's one of those things to me that I pay a, a great deal of attention to because to, there's two reasons. One is I think that it shows that the team is actually having a little bit of fun. Right. Like I think that sometimes this team, and Scott is like this too, and you can see it in these press conferences where he just looks like he's holding on to it so tight, right? right yeah. And we just don't, we can't even enjoy anything, right? <laughs> right? Now part of that comes with losing. losing. Yeah. Right, that does yeah, come yeah. with losing. But the other thing is, though, is that it feels like, at least for this game in this moment, that it's another step towards like everybody kind of liking each other. Right. Like you don't always get that feeling, right? And you don't have to, you don't have to be buddy buddy. There's always going to be that that healthy respect, right, sure. and that little bit of fear with your coach. But there also needs to be some of that outward happiness and love that you also saw right. at UCF. Sure. Think about the pictures that you have in your mind about Frost down at UCF before he left to take the Nebraska job. You got the one where he's sitting in the pile, little yeah. players, right, and he's posing, he's crowd surfing with guys on video. You got the big smile coming right. through a guy like that stuff has been totally missing <laughs> here from right. Nebraska. Well, yeah, yeah, it's 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 been a stressful situation. They all look so stressed, and well, I'm just yeah, happy well, to know, see I'm them just, all like, look just, a little happy. Look, man, the the pain of disappointment le- leads to stress, man. It does. I'm telling you, there's a lot of regret when they because I guarantee you is, and I've been here, dude. We we won three national championships. I think about '96 losing to Texas, right? More than I think about beating the brakes off of Tennessee and Florida and Miami. That's the dead mm-hmm. truth. So, and and it had, we were, I thought we were prepared. We just got besieged by the flu that week, but mm, we had a couple. In my Brown opinion, bottle flu. No, no, no. Okay, the actual flu. flu. Okay, no, I'm yeah, just we saying. Had the <laughs> we, we, had a, we, had a, we had one coach in particular that uh, was playing a couple saps, and they got you know James Brown was still dancing on him. He was he was dancing a jig on him. But uh, it's good to see those guys, and that's what you want. You want the team camaraderie. But I think what it what it is 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 it's uh, they are actually enjoying i guess and people always use this word this is the catchphrase enjoying the process right mm-hmm. they are actually embracing it and i think before they fought it and this is that is true that's a it, great it, point it, yeah. and and scott would, um, he alluded to it sometimes or in a roundabout way in my opinion where you had some guys that have been part of whatever coaching staff before and they did it one way and they think even though they've been losing right mm-hmm. they know they've been losing you don't you you don't get a coach fired when you're winning, right? Okay, when you're, you know, generally, generally. a couple of okay, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not gonna go there, right? Go there. But yeah. the rate that you were losing, the how you were losing, and the things that you were doing led to your coach getting fired. But subconsciously, they thought that was the right thing, and they were fighting it, right? right? They were fighting the process. Yes, they might have been going to weight, weights and doing all that stuff, but where they might have, they might have only been in seventy percent when they really need to be in a hundred percent. And there has to be a time when you have to toe the line and you have to come to reality. And their reality, hopefully, and we will only know this in three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. 
is that Illinois game. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because that you, has a you, chance to be a real turning point. Turning point, point in the way, whole season and in in, in maybe in the whole program because you got to think they came out against Ohio State and you really didn't – it's kind of one of those things. We sat in here and say, okay, we saw some great things. And so they thought they won, right? Right. Because they, they played well. Then you go out, okay, you don't play Wisconsin. Northwestern, they played well at times. Really wasn't a big loss, right? right? Okay, and then you go and you beat Penn State, right? Mm-hmm. Then, oh, okay, we're still good. You know, we realistically, we gave one away again. We should really be two and one. That's what they're thinking. Right. We should be two and one. And it's a realistic argument, right? When I say confidence by saying it, right. it's just tangible, right? But then reality hit, right? Mm-hmm. So all the all the the lack of uh, preparation, you know, finishing out plays in practice. The lack of communication and practice. All the bad habits. All the bad habits. Oh, yeah, I, you know, Greg, Greg loafed on, you know, or Jay loafed on three plays. I'm not going to say anything to him because I'll probably loaf in two. <laughs> right. You know, we loafing, dapping up. All right, yeah, okay. You know, kind of, you know, giving half effort or whatever you want to call it. Dropping balls. Oh, did you miss that check? Oh, I missed the blitz, you know, right. blitz site adjustment. Or I missed my blitz. I didn't really, you know, break down. It came to the harsh, came crashing down on a game that they sh- thought that they could just show up and win. Right. And then the light came on, hopefully. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if they can do that and take everything that they've done and enjoy it, you'll see a lot more of those things out there. Because they need – everybody, I think, realizes they all need each other. Right? Right. And the better that the offense does, and, and when you get spotted 14 points, of course, there's everything. I mean, that's – But that, that also was – and I thought this during that game, though, and I should have texted this when it happened, is we've talked a bunch before about how – with Scott Frost and these guys here in Nebraska, we have not seen a lot of chances for them to look like UCF in the way that this game was. And it, it happened differently where they were kind of spotted the 14 points. They got really great field position. But what did you see a lot down in Orlando? Like they would be up 14 nothing, yeah, right. 17 3 and then it completely changes the way that you can play on play defense, your, yeah, right? W- w- yep. And so you got to see that this game, yeah. now they held Purdue to just negative two, two rushing yard yards, which yeah. I don't care if you do that against Pee Wee. Like that's really good. Uh, um, and so they did that made them one-dimensional because they could then pin their ears back. But then what happened? All of a sudden, Nebraska's getting pressure, right? right. They're getting sacks. They're affecting the quarterback. Look, so I think that games. all of that, right, yeah. so I, you can start to play some different stunts, different blitz packages. So I think it all kind of rolled the way that you would hope to. Of course, like we said, there were definitely things to clean up. You don't sure. want Purdue to kind of get back into the game the way that they did to kind of make it interesting. But on the other side, Nebraska did kind of bow up and find and a way answered, to shut the door. They right, answered shut the, the bell, door right? on offense and defense. Answered, yeah, both. answered a score by Purdue with a score. I'm going to say this when I mentioned that Purdue spotted him 14 points. Nebraska went to block the punt. Oh, okay? yeah, that was not so an accident. It that wasn't was a call. An accident. Yeah, so was I want to say that I don't want people to think like, and I'm sure everybody watched the game, I don't want to say th- people think like Purdue snapped the ball, it went through his hands like a football folly in Nebraska. <laughs> right. Actually, the guy that recovered the fumble should have scored. Yeah, the the explanation afterwards by Falk was interesting. He said, um, "I'm pretty sure Simon Odi just heard uh, footsteps. He didn't. He was his back was towards us, yeah. so he didn't know it no, was it all was. us because right. it was. There was not a single Purdue player there, but you wouldn't know that. Right. But, yeah. uh, but at fine. the end of the day, it all worked itself out. <laughs> right. But so Nebraska went and blocked the punt, and they did it again. And then also, even when they got up seventeen nothing, you know, they took advantage of it. There, you would like to see them get up twenty one nothing. But so you got to give Nebraska kudos. They actually made their own. Uh, make your own good luck. luck made yeah. your own luck. And so uh, I like that, considering that, you know, special teams had a rough week against Iowa. They mm-hmm. they came back and answered the bell. They could still be better. There was one big return 
on the kickoff right. unit that you'd like to shut down, but that's trying they to. They had the block punt too. They gave up the yeah, block. Yeah, they gave punt up the block well. punt. So, you know, special teams, you know. Which it, I've been in a weird play, right? With the guy from Purdue running on late. Yeah. And I, th- I honestly think that that was just a miscommunication it issue. Messed up the the count. Guy, yeah, yeah. They just yeah, messed just things mess up, up when count. that guy yeah. came off. It can late. mess up your account and, and, but at the end of the day, you think that you don't want to, you want your, your process, you know, of snapping, catching the ball, getting it off. You should right. be able to beat, beat any type of block. So, you look, there's still stuff to clean up, and, and but I want to say that Nebraska took the chances and came out with the aggressive attitude that we're going to win this game, force the action. Of course, the defense had pinned Purdue back enough to go for it, but right. I think that block was on regardless. The only way that they weren't going to go for a block in that series was if Purdue was punting from Nebraska's 40 right. because that was just going to be, you know, kicked out of the end zone or or sky punts. So they, uh, you know, they, they should be, you know, looking – at Minnesota, um, thinking, okay, yeah, we want a game, but you know what, we can play a lot better. Yeah, we want, and we want some more. We want the, we want some more. And that's what I say. This is the time that you need more out of the coaches. You need more out of the the training staff. You need definitely more out of the players and the leaders. And everybody has to step up and play well because, it, look, they're not going to the Final Four of, of college football. Um, I don't even know if. Nebraska would be going to a bowl game. I don't think that. I'm pretty sure it's only the ranked. It depends. It's, it's, well, it's going to depend. I think there's like uh, depends on how many doesn't tap out. But yeah, just, it depends on just, how many games. It's going right. to be borderline depending on if they can win these next two. two. It'll right. be borderline. And Either how way, they win them. honestly, that doesn't. It to me, that doesn't matter. What they've got to continue to do, do is, is what they've well. been doing the last right. few weeks, which is getting better and playing well. If they do that, if they get a little bit better than where they were against Purdue, they will beat Minnesota, and then you can continue to go from there. Like, and we'll see what happens. It would be nice um, because, like we said before, and a lot of people know this. Like, they, there are seniors like Hymas on this team who haven't gone to a bowl game right and so they need that experience and no matter what that could end up looking like right. who knows what that's yeah. going to be like this year um you might end up having maybe one week of bowl practices or one week in between that right. final crossover game and the bowl game who knows but either way it would be nice but like you were saying earlier about you can't get to the momentum into the offseason without yeah, this game against business. minnesota this is, this, is the, this is the only thing this that is matters. the most pivotal game right here because when you you know doing it two weeks that you know Three times is like okay. It's it's more than just luck. Yeah, right? we got this is a habit yeah. that we've been doing, and then you can actually look back at that Illinois game, and be like, you know what, we just had a bad game, and everybody's done it. Yeah, and then hey, look, people are more likely to actually kind of go with go that, with that too. right? <laughs> yeah. But if you revert back to Illinois week, and and you know you kind of see guys jumping off sides and holding penalties, illegal formation penalties, uh, you know, delay a game penalties out of timeouts, then you're like, oh, okay. We see you guys can't handle success, right. you know, and we're not where we need to be. So this is big not only for the players, for the culture, mm-hmm. for the foundation. It's huge for the coaching staff as well because as soon as this season's over, whenever it need to be, they have as big a job as they've ever had, and even when they were making the transition from UCF to come here and kind of finishing a CD season and putting together a recruiting class because here's what they're going to have to do. Considering the COVID and you got to bring guys back, you got to make roster um, decisions. You got to re-recruit a lot of guys that yep. didn't get to play as much. Then you got to go out and recruit some of these little young knuckleheads. And then you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So all the while building a roster, your future is next year. It's not like okay, let's get <laughs> for a couple years. Right. Okay, Adrian's going to be. Well, I guess he would be a junior, right? Yeah, he would technically be a junior. I'm not even junior. there mentally. Like mentally, it's so messed okay, up to think, go. With, I'm thinking but yes, senior. he would be a junior. This is his yeah. fourth year here. He'd be technically so, a junior. Technically a junior. So you got to get ready to win because next year, 
assuming everything is going to be back to somewhat normal, let's just say mm-hmm. normal or 60, 70% normal as far as capacity or whatever right. it might be, right? The expectations are going to be ramped up even more, right? Right. And if you handle your business, those expectations shouldn't be a problem. Right, because, because they came you, after something that you accomplished versus just giving them to you. Right. confidence, right? Yeah. This is it. We went, we won, we played great against Iowa, or not great, we played good enough to win against, gave Iowa the game, and we ran it off three yeah. games. And we ended up at the end of the crossover game, you like think four, four and four, right? right? And at, in the beginning of the season, if we would have came here if Nebraska played every single game that they played. And if you would ask majority of people if they ended up four and four, say five and three, I think was legit. Right. You were like, okay, that's a good season, right? right? And that is what people that were is. saying. Yeah, so, we, we said so that that's season. so so that's where you can be, but you can't get there. It's almost like it's it's the funny thing ever. It's like I, you ever ran the four hundred in high school? I did not. I, I was dumb enough to think I was a hundred and two hundred guy, right? And one of my 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 best friend, his name is Jamal. He was a four hundred uh, four hundred guy, and he played at Morehead State. Um, his claim to fame is he said he blew up Jim Klein saucer because you know you've <laughs> okay. seen Jamal. He looks like Reggie Hammond. He looks like Eddie Murphy in Forty Hours. Okay. Reggie Hammond. So, anyways, he was a four hundred guy. Okay. I was a sprinter and jumper. And I was like, man, I could do this four hundred, man. I can run two hundred. What's the other? Right. What's, what's the other two hundred? I'm gonna tell you where Nebraska's at right now. In running the four hundred, I say the weight of the world jumps on you that last eighty meters. Like no other. I mean, your lungs are burning. Your lips are white. And it's the farthest I've ever seen, like, 80 meters to go. You know what I mean? And uh, that's where Nebraska's at. You you can see it, right? And you've kind of – you've turned the corner and you got good pace, right? But now now the pressure's on. Now now it's there. Now you got to do it. But you got to – and and the way you – Finished a 400, which I didn't know, which Jamal told me afterwards, is you got to rely on your fundamentals, your technique, you got to have your breathing techniques and stuff like that. Then you can get there and you can actually use your speed to finish strong. Well, Nebraska's to correlation is what they've done up here, right? Up to this point, practice hard, work on fundamentals, keep each other, hold each other accountable, right intensity, preparation coming to practice to get better, not just go to practice or get through practice. Right, not just to get through, yeah. And to get better. That's what they need to do with looking at the, the finish line, right. right? And that's the hardest thing for a young team to do. But, you know, if I had to guess with this, I mean, they've done it two weeks. I'm going to assume that they're going to be able to do it, especially if it's put to them at, look, we need to prepare well, plus this is a game that we got embarrassed on national TV. Yeah, you can Last picture year. them running yeah. that stretch zone to the right. To, no, it's to the left. The, they, they would run to the left to our right. To our right. Yeah, yeah. all right. Um, and, yeah, it, right. So they're gonna push guys that, off right. the ball, blowing guys out. Okay, so I'm challenging guys personally. Yep. Okay. I, it, then, it would be the the conversations in that D line room need to be uh, intense this uh, week. Intense, and with Caleb Tanner and, and Garrett Nelson and all, and then also I'll say, listen here, these guys ain't coming down here and, and coming down here without no shirts on and warm ups. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is this is senior day. Yeah. Okay. It's senior day. It's going to be cold. You know, it doesn't matter if they come out there with 40 guys. Right? Okay. They're here and it's time for Nebraska to serve them. So, um it it is the, I'm I'm more excited for this game than I say Purdue cuz I felt like I mean, you know, playing West Lafayette, that just looked this is weird. That like, just, but it's still- that was saying that just looked like a, a high school Huddle 
it was the like weirdest game. Like stadium. to me, like of all, and it's funny because the Big Ten is kind of known for having these big, huge stadiums, right. and that was what's going to be weird about this season is playing in those big stadiums with and them being empty, right? Except for. Purdue, maybe small. Illinois is kind of like that. Like what it is Purdue, small, Purdue is like just, small compared Purdue's to like Texas one? school. Yeah, like I've seen Texas high schools. Yeah, that yeah look Texas that high big. school. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. So, that, yeah. so you know, this is going to be. Uh, I'm more excited for this game considering that what Nebraska's done, what they can do, and you know they get to play Minnesota, a team that they've kind of went back and forth the first years. Frost and those guys put it on them. Last year was Minnesota's year, so we'll see what in the rubber match. And so it's a it's a big challenge because Minnesota. Offensively, they got a serviceable quarterback. They still do have some receivers, and their running back is, I would say, I mean, I, I, if I'm missing somebody, I would say he's probably the best in the Big Ten, their running back. One of them, yeah. If, I would if, if he's one. not, one, I mean, he's one of the top three running and he's physical. Uh, he does well in the pass game, and they are starting to feature him, and their offensive line is obviously starting to block well. So, And there's some big boys, but it's not something that Nebraska can't handle. But – you got to go do it, and they should want Minnesota to come down here and play. It's a challenge for yeah. them to step up to the to the utmost, and uh, you know it's right there for the taking. Now, listen. Every week we close this show out with a segment, my favorite one. Oh, I've been put, put them on blast. Uh, well, we basically put somebody on blast for something they did. They said, "Put them on blast." I could go with the Chicago Bears again because, again, they embarrassed me on TV. Um, and everybody needs to go, but I will not go there. I am actually going with Kyrie Irving, uh, the returning point guard of the Brooklyn Nets. You know where I'm going here. I don't want to just do this because he's taken away from my job, the media, but this is ridiculous. So Kyrie Irving came out and said he released a statement last week. Instead of doing the media day or after their first practice or whatever, all he did was release a statement through a spokesperson, um, which he said in the first said, COVID-19 has impacted us all in many ways, so I pray for the safety and health of our communities domestically and abroad. I am truly excited for the season to start, and I am also praying that everyone remains safe and healthy throughout the journey. Instead of speaking to the media today, I am issuing this statement to ensure that my message is conveyed properly. I am committed to show up to work every day, ready to have fun, compete, perform, and win championships alongside my teammates and colleagues in the Nets organization. My goal this season is to let my work on and off the court speak for itself. Life hit differently this year, and it requires us, it requires me to move differently. So this is the beginning of that change. Kyrie. All we asking you to do is come talk for five minutes. That's like it. what does three hundred seconds? Like really? Like nobody was asking him to do a podcast or to do anything crazy. Like just come talk. Like first of all, you've been injured. Like you got this kind of you got a new coach. Right. Um, y'all already said that weird stuff about how y'all don't really need a coach. Like right. a different guy can be a coach, and maybe that's part of why you don't really want to talk is because you're always saying something crazy. Right. Not crazy to him; it's crazy to everybody else. Um, but I think the biggest thing with this crazy statement from Kyrie is that it's actually going to put more pressure on his teammates. I would be so annoyed if I was Kevin Durant or Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah, or Joe some, Harris, whoever yeah. on that team. Now I got to answer questions about you. I'm gonna have to answer a question about and him you all ain't the time. Even interviewing me all the time. Somebody every it feels every game somebody is gonna ask him. Well, what do you think Kyrie thought about blah blah blah? Right. Which is gonna be annoying. I would just say go ask Kyrie his locker over there. Like right. I know he don't want to talk, but just go on over there. Yeah. Because I would be annoyed that he was doing that. Um, and to set the season up, like Kyrie is just a different cat. He's a different cat, but I think it's he's he's a calculated, passive aggressive. I want the attention. Yeah, I want the attention without saying I want the attention. 
you know, he, you know, the whole Mamba mentality. He didn't want to play with LeBron. Then he goes to the Celtics. Then he's like, oh, I, now I see why LeBron is such a good leader. Then he was like, all right, now, right after LeBron won the championship, I'm, I'm glad I get to play with the best player ever, right. Kevin Durant. He just is an idiot. Then like, I'm not even going to talk about when he said the world is flat and all the other stuff. And, yeah, he's I about to say, we yeah, can go through a whole bunch go, of different stuff. He, but I still look the, the – and it's not even that crazy. Like the, do you know the moment though that it was? It, I think it all changed for him, and I kind of understood what he was coming from. But at the same time, he could have handled it differently. Is when he was in Cleveland with LeBron, and they asked him about LeBron being a father figure to the team, um, and how he's got, he's been a great leader and all that. Yeah. And Kyrie went on that little thing about father, and like made the reporter repeat it again. And then when he said, "Oh, I only have one father," and then named yeah. his father, I understood in a way, why Kyrie would be upset about that. But at the same time, he didn't need to handle that that way. First of all, I kind of embarrassed the reporter. Second of all, he knew what the and reporter you knew meant. what the reporter right. meant. Like, that wasn't a, a moment yeah. for you to kind of bow up and show how, like, much of a man you were. Like that, And so, to me, that was just, the like, the first real big example of mm. this type of behavior from him, which has always just been weird. And now you're on, what, your third team in the league, and now you've brought this team together, you know it's going to yeah. go sideways it's with him and KD. Yeah. Even as much as they claim that they're, that they're boys, it's going to be weird. He, oh, yeah, and then he can't stay healthy. Right. And I really do hope that they add James Harden some way because then they're going to be fighting because there's only yeah. one ball. Yeah, only one ball. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Kyrie is a guy that talks a lot. Yep. The guy that I'm going to put on blast, I have – I had a personal run-in with him. Um, not on a – it was probably on a scale of 1 to 10, maybe 5. Uh, but he's been a guy that's uh, had success in the NFL as a coordinator, um, but is always rubbing people the wrong way. And that yeah. is Greg Williams. So the, <laughs> hey, Mr. Bounty so, Gate. So Greg Williams, when I was at Buffalo, I had had a really good year. And, uh, you know, he, had, long story short, he was really close with Eddie Robinson Jr., brought in Eddie Robinson Jr. I told him it was going to be the worst mistake he, he was ever going to do. Conversely, the next year I had two personal fouls. We ended up losing the game. But in the but hold on, the next year we played up in Buffalo. I I busted out the stinky leg on him and he got <laughs> the payback. Right. Ultimately, I will say Greg Williams taught me a lot about football and uh, the third down defense. But I will tell you thing one thing about Greg. He is more petty than me. <laughs> or than any of the worst like it's a Greg vind- Williams, vindictive like females or, or vindictive people out there. Yeah. But. I'm putting him on blast because it has a little bit of Nebraska ties here. Okay. Right? There's an article that says Le- Greg Williams should be fired immediately. Probably <laughs> should. Okay. But he's, the reason why people are saying this is, well, one, I'm going to also say this. Greg Williams in his affidavit on Bounty Gate dimed out Jonathan Vilma for giving $10,000. Still, you are still salty that he Bounty for Brett, Brett Favre. Right. Yep, he's up yep. there telling on one of his players that it helped him get a, you know, you know, obviously a Super Bowl. Right. Shouldn't say I don't know. I've been in those meetings before. I've I've been in where there's a takeout order and everybody comes in with cash, right? But we don't know who put the cash. Right. I don't know. I don't know. None about it. Well, anyways, Greg Williams, the Jets were 0 and 11, had a chance to upset the Raiders. Yep. He decides now. There's a stat that I saw on ESPN. I think that. Greg Williams was the only mm-hmm. defensive coordinator that called a zero blitz. With you know under thirty seconds yeah. or something like that, ever like in the last two years, right? Yeah. So, and the reason why the, the reason why it, has, it ties in is because the Jets end up losing the game on a forty-six yard bomb. Henry Ruggs. Henry huh? Ruggs. Okay. Now Greg Williams called a zero blitz. 
when they had when he should have known all they had to do was score a touchdown. Yep. Keep right? everything you, in front of you. Right, you can play cover four, you can play a little cover three, you can play a little combo coverage. Anything you, but. Anything but. <laughs> right. You can play a little man-to-man with safety help. You can play under with a little over. You could bracket him. You could double bracket him. Uh, you could play prevent. You could do everything, right? I named him about 10, right? <laughs> right. You could play cover eight. You could play a little cover <laughs> seven, too, right? Greg Williams chose to go zero blitz. Who did, who did he leave on the island? And here's the funny thing about it. Late in the year, usually, uh, teams that aren't winning or just teams in general, if you have some injuries, you bring up some guys on practice squad. So the New York Jets brought up the Nebraska former black shirt, Lamar Jackson. And bless his heart, this is not his fault. No, it's really this, not. This like, is not his fault. No, so he just got brought spot. up. He yeah. just got brought up from practice squad. Probably played a good game up to here, but now the only play that we're seeing all over right. Twitter and what I'm talking about right now, he was the cornerback that Greg Williams decide, decided to leave in man-to-man coverage on the wide side of the field with inside technique with no help. Against a very fast. Against Henry Ruggs that ran a 4-3 flat at the 40 yeah. or 4-2-something, right? Yep. And he got beat. And, uh, you know, really, you know, left Lamar out there on an island. Now, granted, Lamar could have played it better, but at the end of the day, it was a bad call. And when you have uh, a player saying it's a bad call and the head coach saying it was a bad call. And the it, opposing team saying we were happy they called it. And the opposing team <laughs> and the receiver and everybody said yeah. it was a bad call. Uh, you know, I'm putting Greg Williams on blast because uh, he put a guy out there and he put his – he put the – the team at risk for getting a win and put a player out there. Um, any player where any cornerback doesn't want to be in that situation because you're trying to play situational football. I'm putting him on blast for, for calling that play and putting the guy out there, obviously with Nebraska ties um, out there to be, you know, not be successful. And when you're, you know, I've been a part of a, a Buffalo bill team that went three and 13. And when you are trying and you're right there to win mm-hmm. and you lose, you know, that, that's not good. And, you know, I've seen guys that Greg put on islands like that. We lost a game down in Atlanta like that one time. And he so he has a history of this. And I'm not sure why because he's he's on his way out of town with Adam Gaze here in about, well, maybe today. But yeah, we'll see what Safety tweets maybe out. Today. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, he definitely deserved to be put on blast. But that's going to do it for us today. Uh, subscribe to the podcast everywhere you can listen to him. Rate us, review us, leave us a five-star review. If you only leave four, I am inclined to think that you are a hater. Uh, make sure that you are checking out the other podcasts on the Hale Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own Podcast, Varsity Club, more to it, and the Hale Varsity Radio Show. Uh, we do have an email that you can send us love notes to at straightupbreakdown <laughs> at hailvarsity.com. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at GregSmithHV and at Foreman5644. We will catch you next time.